pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Pam Hupp calling police insisting someone is breaking into her home. So how does this relate to another woman dead, another woman stabbed 55 times? How is this connected to an elaborate plot to nab $150,000 life insurance and frame a guy? There's so many dead bodies, it's hard to keep up with them. You've got Betsy Faria, her best friend, with a life insurance policy, stabbed 55 times. You've got the death of the mom, and you have the death of the so-called intruder, Louis Gumpenberger. Let's just take one piece of the puzzle at a time. How did we get here? Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. 911 call saying someone is breaking into her home. So how does this relate to another woman dead, another woman stabbed 55 times? How is this connected to an elaborate plot to nab $150,000 life insurance and frame a guy? I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. Let's just take one piece of the puzzle at a time. Let's start with more of that 911 call. Pam Hupp calling police, insisting someone is breaking into her home. Where are you at? Who broke into your home? I don't know. I'm here. Where is he at right now? I'm going outside. Come on, who broke? The fire alarms are going off too. Is he inside? Yes! Is he a white male, a black male? He's crazy! He's crazy! Hurry, 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 hurry! He tried to get me in my car and I went into a house. He tried to take you into his car? He tried to take me in my car! Help! Hurry, hurry! Somebody! We have officers on the way, ma'am. Where are you at right now in the home? I'm in the garage. I'm in You're the garage. in the garage? My car. He's still in the house. Okay, can you run to a neighbor's house? 
I don't think there's anybody home now. I'm going to stay here. I have my dog. I have my puppy. You have your puppy with you? Yes. Okay, you're hearing more of that 911 call, and it just gets curiouser and curiouser, as they said in Alice in Wonderland. That's them, not me. I know it's supposed to be more and more curious. With me, WCIV ABC4, Charleston's Ann Emerson. Ann Emerson, I, I, I don't know. She didn't sound too upset to me when she said somebody's breaking in at the beginning of that 911 call. You know, she just gets more and more adamant, Nancy, as she gets she goes along. She's got a story and she's sticking to it. And, and this was uh, an extraordinary way for her to, to, to set all of this up and get this going. She thought... She told the 911 uh, dispatch she has somebody who is breaking into our home, and and she is going to do what it takes to get them to believe it. But, no, she sounds very calculated. Well, as a matter of fact, listen to this. What's your name? My name is Pam. Pam? Yes. Where are they? Is anybody in the home with you besides the subject who broke in? No, just my dog. Just you and your dog? I have my dog with me. Help, please, where yeah, are they? We have help on the way. Let me know when you hear them. Okay. I should have an officer pulling up. Do you see him? I, it's an un-white car. I don't know. It's just a white car. It's going to be one of our command staff. Is he in a uniform? He's here. He's here. Okay, I'm going to let you go. Talk to the officers. <laughs> Okay, it just gets more curious. Last thing I want you to hear, Ann Emerson, is our friends, St. Louis Fox 2, Chris Hayes. August 10th, 2016, Carol Alford was on the porch with her dog when Pam Hupp drove by. It was captured on this surveillance video. She waved. I was like, okay, waved, you know, thought maybe she was new in the neighborhood, and she drove down the street, came back, and she just pulled up behind my driveway, and she just sat there, and she was just staring at me. Alfred remembers bizarre questions, starting with, do you babysit? And ending with an offer to make $1,000 if she'd go with Pam to do a 911 segment for the show Dateline. If I help her, I can't bring my keys, my cigarettes, my cell phone, or my wallet because the producer does not like clutter. Alfred took her dog inside and grabbed two knives. So I put a folding pocket knife up this sleeve and a kitchen knife in the front because I'm getting ready to get into a stranger's car that I'm pretty sure, like 99% sure, is up to something illegal. Alfred did not even have shoes on when she got in Hupp's car. Yeah, I was this close to her, rubbing elbows. I had the one hand in my pocket, like, on the handle, because if I had to, I was coming out this way with it. As Hupp talked about where they'd be shooting the new segment, Alfred's gut told her the knives were not enough protection. So I'm thinking to myself right about now, hmm, best excuse I can come up with to get out of this car. We get to about here, and that's when I told her that, you know, I got to go back and get some shoes, lock my door because of my husband's dog, whatever. Right here is where she turned around at and took me back to my house. Okay, here's just a, a tip for the future. If you feel like you have to hide knives on your body to get in a car with someone, don't get in. With me, an all-star panel, Ashley Wilcott, judge, trial lawyer, anchor, Court TV. You can find her at AshleyWilcott.com. Cloyd Steiger, 36-year Seattle PD, author of Seattle's Forgotten Serial Killer, Gary Gene Grant, at CloydSteiger.com. Renowned psychoanalyst out of Beverly Hills, Dr. Bethany Marshall at DrBethanyMarshall.com. The medical examiner for the state of South Carolina, author of Homicide Investigation Field Guide, Dr. Michelle Dupree. But now I need Ann Emerson, WCIV ABC for Charleston, to explain to me how this woman, Pam Hupp, is driving around posing as, I think she said, a Dateline NBC producer enticing people into her car. How does that fit with her obviously fake 911 call when she shoots a, quote, intruder? Okay, fit them together for me, Ann Emerson. This is such an elaborate hoax, and she's pulling from her resources, honestly. You know, she'd been under a lot of scrutiny with Dateline. Uh, she knew that they did these kind of elaborate sort of scenarios of reenactments, and she saw a way out. Uh, she saw a way to not only use 
what she knew about television to be able to start because they had already been covering her and what she was up to. And now, wait, wait, why are they cover? Why is look, if you see Dateline, NBC picking through your trash. Okay. You better call a defense attorney right then because they are experts at sniffing out a crime. All right. So you're telling me and Emerson WCIV that they're looking at her for some other crime and she figures out a way to what? Get out of it all? She's looking for a way to pin uh, that crime on and keep the heat off of her. The scrutiny was starting to start, was already coming in her direction full force for a crime uh, that had been committed five years prior. And this was her best friend. Uh, I guess you're talking about the death of Betsy Faria. That's correct, yes. Well, as a matter of fact, speaking of the death, the murder of Betsy Faria, listen to this 911 call. Lincoln County 911, what is the location of your emergency? Okay, ma'am. Hello? Hello? Yes, I need you to take a couple deep breaths so I can see what's going on. What is the address where you need this to come? 130 Okay, who am I speaking with? My name is Russell Faria. Russell, what's going on there? I just got home from a friend's house, and, and my wife, my wife killed herself. She's, she's, she's on the phone with her. Okay, Russell, I need you to calm down, honey, okay? I need you to calm down, take a couple deep breaths. We're going to get somebody on the way there, okay? <laughs> what What did she do? Do you know? She got a knife in her neck and she <laughs> Okay, okay, calm down, honey. <laughs> Is she breathing at all? No. She is not breathing? No. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new natural hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design icon West Elm, the natural hybrid is the culmination of the two companies' shared values of premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the natural hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. I want to do that. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Go to lisa.com forward slash Nancy to learn more. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Nancy. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Russell, is there anybody that we can call for you? Okay, Russell, take a couple deep breaths on, okay? Okay, what is your mom's name? I'm, I'm sorry, I can't understand you, hon. Lucy. Lucy? 
And what's her last name? Maria. How old is your wife? Well, I, she's, she's, she's 42. 32? 42. 42. Okay, and you're for sure she's not breathing right now? No, you're dead. Okay. What is your mother's phone number? You are hearing a highly distraught 911 caller. That's Russ Faria. Now, his wife is Betsy Faria, but right then he's talking about his mom, Mrs. Gumpenberger. Okay, Ann Emerson, I got so many dead bodies and plots and twists and turns. Let's just start where every investigation starts. Who died first? Well, it was Betsy Faria, December 27th, just a couple of days after Christmas in 2011. She's found stabbed 55 times in her Missouri home. And from there, we get twists and turns and whys and who was involved and who she was involved with. So let me understand. Betsy Faria, age 43, is found stabbed dead. What did she have, 55 stab wounds? Was that right? That's right, and they found, one of, they found the weapon in her neck. It was still in her neck. Ooh. It was very grisly, extremely now, grisly. Who, at that same crime scene, is there another dead body? No, there's not a dead body at that crime scene. From what I understand, it wasn't until a couple of years later when the mother of a woman named Shirley Newman has passed away. There's no concern except for this poor elderly lady had fallen over a balcony. She turns out to be Pamela Huck's mother. That's the second one, and that's in 2013. Okay, so we've got Betsy Faria stabbed dead with a knife in her neck. We've got Pam Hupp's mother dead from falling over a what? A railing, a balcony railing from the third floor. Uh, they say that she just fell out, but of course, there are so many inconsistencies, and the work that's been done on a journalistic level to try and um, recreate that fall has been... I mean, you have to just say it's impossible. I mean, the way they, they showed how it how that... Like what? Should have to be like an Olympic gymnast to get over that rail. Okay. Who is Lewis Gumpenberger? Well, is that another dead body? That is. That's, that's number three. And this is where she where we start wondering, do we have a serial Let killer? me guess. Is that the, quote, intruder? That's the intruder. A uh, 33-year-old man. And who, I'm saying that with big quotes. Okay. Who's Lewis Gumpenberger? He's a 33-year-old man. He has some mental deficiencies from a serious car accident that he was in much many years earlier. Um, childlike is, well, is how he was described by his family. And um, he ends up dead in Pamela Hub's home. Hold, hold on. I, I, I've got dead bodies coming out of my ears. Ashley Wilcott, judge, trial, lawyer, anchor, court TV. You can find her at SGWilcott.com. This woman, Pam Hupp, everybody around her, they just die. They fall over railings. They get stabbed 55 times and nobody knows what happened. And then one gets gunned down because he's in her home. Then you've got a live victim on her porch when Hupp drives up and tells her she's a Dateline producer and to come along with her if she wants to make some money. But she can't bring her car keys or her cell phone or her wallet because producers don't like clutter. Okay, Dr. Bethany Marshall, I know I'm just a, a painting with a broad stroke, but there's no doubt in my mind she killed all three. Bodies are piling up around this woman. Well, Nancy, have you ever known somebody where their whole reason for living is some kind of nefarious purpose? And that's all they think about. Maybe they uh, it's a man who continually preys on women because he wants to get money from them or a con artist who uh, will approach certain people at work so he can get them to put life insurance policies into his name. Some people have one singular crime in mind and everything around them is organized around that crime. Let's think of a pedophile where all they think about is children. So maybe they hang out at the school bus stop. Maybe they become, become pastors. Maybe they, they become teachers. I think what we're going to learn about Pamela Hupp is she had a singular motive that drove her life. This motive was like an obsession. But what was it? What was she able to get from all of these victims? I think that's, if you follow that trail, we will understand the psyche of Pamela Hupp. You know, I'm listening again to Russ Faria calling 911. And I'm telling you, I, I'm 
just from what I heard, that's real. He has nothing to do with this. His anguish, and I've never met the man, but I'm telling you, his anguish is real. Take a listen to what the medical examiner says about Betsy Faria stabbing death. Listen to this. Two days after Christmas, 2011. Russ Faria called 911, said he thought his wife Betsy killed herself. A medical examiner said she was stabbed 55 times, her arms nearly severed, most of the stabbings after she was dead. A crime of passion. When you stab somebody over 50 times, it's usually a crime of passion, a husband or wife. I felt right away it was, his, it was Russ. The immediate suspect, the husband, Russ Faria. For the first time, you're hearing and seeing evidence like the 911 tape and interrogations. You have no, been stabbed over 25 times. Oh my God, no. 25 times. Over 25 times. And they're not done yet. They're still working. They're still counting. The major case squad questioned him for days. God is in this room with us right now. And God knows that I did not do this. He did not back down. I did not do this. I did not do it. You're hearing the husband, Russ Faria, defending himself. But I want you to listen to, tell me what you think about this 911 call. Listen to his voice. about you but I don't know how if he's an actor he deserves an Oscar because that sounds real to me but according to her family according to Betsy Faria's family he had about 150,000 motives for murder Russ's motive for murder did not come out but Betsy's family believes he did have motive Betsy's sister told me that she believes Russ found out that Betsy was making life insurance plans. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Don't let a bad mattress stand between you and a good night's sleep. Lisa Mattress can help. From memory foam mattresses that hug in all the right places to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer incredible comfort and support at every price point. Collectively, their mattresses have over 20,000 five-star reviews. Delivery is free, returns are easy, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your own home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash Nancy for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Nancy. Thanks, Lisa Mattress, for being our partner. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Russ's motive for murder did not come out, but Betsy's family believes he did have motive. 
Betsy's sister told me that she believes Russ found out that Betsy was making life insurance plans. Tell me about some of these plans that she was making. She was planning on making some videos to say, say things to her, her daughters during milestones of their lives and also parcel out the proceeds of her life insurance at those same milestones. You know, X thousand dollars when, when one graduates from college, you know, 10,000 here to buy a car, that sort of thing. So the insurance proceeds was more about leaving a lasting legacy, that the money would be used for a positive, lasting memory. Right. Well, let's back it up, guys. Just then, though, you were hearing from our friends at Fox 2. That was reporter Chris Hayes speaking with Robert Patrick. To Ann Emerson, WCIV, ABC4, Charleston. Betsy Faria's murder was so brutal. What can you tell me about the crime scene? And what does it tell us about her killer? Uh, well, you know, the the crime scene was uh, in Betsy Faria's house. It's, it's in, and basically, she gets stabbed 55 times. They say that she was also stabbed after the fact. She was stabbed in the neck. There was a, a weapon found in her neck. They found uh, all of these indications that it was obviously a brutal, a grisly crime, but they certainly were setting it up control. Uh, the interesting thing, though, a couple of interesting things, they found some slippers, and this is one of the pieces of, event, of evidence they really used to go after Russ Faria, her husband, with this, and that was a pair of slippers that were found in the closet, and they had blood splattered on them. Um, after they really started looking at those slippers, and a lot of people had put some their two cents into this, those slippers didn't make sense and were not, uh, were not working with the evidence, but... For whatever purposes, those were the slippers that, that helped convict him the first time around. To Dr. Bethany Marshall, psychoanalyst in Beverly Hills at drbethanymarshall.com. Dr. Bethany, what does the crime scene tell you, especially the post-mortem attack? Uh, Betsy's arms were almost severed. Well, it tells me that the perpetrator was trying to make it look like a crime of passion. And remember, all of the dead bodies in our story have in common some very elaborate, dramatic ruse to lure in the victims, right? Hupp tries to get somebody sitting on her porch to get in his car. Hupp has the 911 call where she says an intruder is in her house. Now we have one of Hupp's best friends who's terminally ill, stabbed multiple times, her arms almost severed as if it's a crime of passion. It makes me wonder if there's some crazy, obsessed person wandering around out there who has some motive for Faria's death but wants to frame it as if her husband killed her. Betsy Faria stabbed 55 times, her husband immediately becoming the prime suspect. She's found dead in her home just two days after Christmas in small town Missouri, Troy, Missouri. Her husband, Russ, finds her body in a pool of blood when he comes home from game night with friends. He calls 911. He believes his wife had killed herself because of her cancer prognosis. She had spoken of suicide in the past because of the cancer. He sees slashes on her wrist and a kitchen knife sticking out of her neck. He had no idea, according to him, that she had been murdered. He says everybody loved Betsy. She was so positive. She made a smile all the time. He says, Ann Emerson, that he spoke to her at 5 p.m. that day. He says she told him Pam Hupp was giving her a ride home. Was the husband ever prosecuted for her murder, Anne? He was He was absolutely prosecuted and sent to prison for three years. Russ Faria went, was convicted of killing Betsy. Pamela Hupp stayed out of that fray because there was enough investigation that was going on around Russ Faria because there, there are a lot of people who said their marriage wasn't perfect. Everything wasn't fantastic. So there was just enough... Uh, conversation going on during these investigations that they kept looking at Russ Faria and they were not looking at Pamela Hupp, who is the one that actually dropped her off at the house. He goes to prison for three years and a new trial is ordered because there's an incredible piece of evidence that comes into play that was never allowed to go in front of the jury. And this is, um, I, you know, I think when they kind of done a little Monday morning quarterbacking on this, can't believe the jury didn't hear 
it's hard to believe they didn't hear this piece of evidence that would have just sent all eyes going straight towards Hup, and it didn't. Um, so the big, and what is what is the evidence? It was a hundred and fifty thousand dollar life insurance policy that Betsy Faria had signed over to her friend Pamela Hupp. Well, as a matter of fact, based on what Ann Emerson, WCIV, is just saying, I want you to hear Fox Two reporter Chris Hayes. Pam Hupp was the beneficiary of a one hundred and fifty thousand dollar life insurance policy paid out after the stabbing death of Betsy Faria. A Lincoln County judge did not allow a jury to hear about Hupp's financial windfall or the fact that Faria's life insurance policy was signed over into Hupp's name just days before the murder. A jury then convicted Faria's husband, Russ. In the court record, Hupp first claimed she was made beneficiary to help Betsy's daughter. Now Hupp is changing her story, saying in this newly filed temporary restraining order, the money belongs to her. Now another judge is stepping in. A St. Charles County judge just granted this temporary restraining order against Pam Hupp or anyone acting on her behalf. They're prohibited from removing funds from their bank accounts or selling their O'Fallon, Missouri home. To Ann Emerson, WCIV, ABC4, Charleston, what can you tell me about newly released recordings of Hupp's phone conversations? She has documented her conversations with her husband, Mark Hupp, in prison methodically. This is a woman... I'm not a psychologist, but boy, does it seem like she's building um, a case for herself as she goes through as a woman in control, as a woman calculated. And what we heard in these um, tapes that were released, these conversations she had with her husband, it's all about gaining that self-control and her image. It's, it's remarkable that she keeps on going back to um, how she is protecting other people in her life, the coolness of the whole conversation that she has is that really, really speaks to her ability to orchestrate all of these different scenarios that have been going on. And she just doesn't let up. Um, it's there's a lot of money in her mind that she can. This is part of how she's playing this out. And she's she understands life insurance policies. She worked in the business of life insurance companies. She knows how these things work, and this isn't the only life insurance policy that she could gain from if this person died. I mean, her mom. To Cloyd Steiger, 36-year Seattle PD, what about these newly released phone conversations? What are they, and what do they show? Well, she's having recorded jail conversations talking to her husband, and he seems to not understand why she would take an Alfred plea or basically plead guilty. And, and she said things. Like, oh, I just wanted to spare my family an ugly trial. What innocent person would plead out to a murder just to spare their family from an ugly trial? It's ridiculous. And she's so calm about it and everything. And I'd like to, speaking of calmness, I want to go back to the 911 calls to juxtapose her to that of Russ Faria. When Russ is calling 911, you, you were right. He's distraught. He can't even give his mother's name. But when Pam makes the 911 call, She's all distraught and screaming until she says, is anyone with you? And she says, almost conversation. Oh, I have my dogs with me. She's calm again. That's not the way it is. You're either hyped up all the time or you're not. And so she's obviously fading that call. It was just, uh, it's just unreal. It's a great call for a prosecutor. There's so many dead bodies. It's hard to keep up with them. You've got Betsy Faria, her best friend with a life insurance policy, stabbed 55 times. The husband gets the fall on that and goes to jail. You've got the death of the mom, and you have the death of the so-called intruder, Louis Gumpenberger. As she will cut, she agrees to an Alford plea to, quote, save her family a trial. What's an Alford plea, Ashley? First of all, I think she's crazy like a fox. And then second, an Alford plea, Nancy, is when for uh, future crimes, the guilty plea cannot be used against the defendant, right? So she's saying, I'm not going to admit my guilt. I'm going to not say that I did it, but I will enter an Alford plea. And the issue I have with this is in this case... I think she's trying to do it so it cannot be used against her for these other acts. So, Ann Emerson, what does she say in a nutshell on the recorded phone calls? Well, she says that she it, she's not doing it to save her family. She doesn't want her family to suffer through any more than they have to. There, she's she's 
kind of throwing it out there to her husband. Her husband, Mark Hopp, who's been talking to her throughout this whole ordeal, uh, is stunned from what we understand. He's stunned into silence because he didn't expect her to say an Alfred plea. It's actually, from what I understand, pretty uncommon to do something like this. But now the things are starting to line up that, well, now if she does this, not only does she not have to um, that that information will not be possibly put in for maybe if Pamela Hupp's case gets reinvestigated, as of course it's going to be now, um, or her mother's case being reinvestigated. This can't get brought up. But also, she just avoided the death penalty in Missouri. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Don't let a bad mattress stand between you and a good night's sleep. Lisa Mattress can help. From memory foam mattresses that hug in all the right places to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer incredible comfort and support at every price point. Collectively, their mattresses have over 20000 five-star reviews. Delivery is free, returns are easy, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your own home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash nancy for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash nancy. Thanks, Lisa Mattress, for being our partner. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Pam Huck drives all over St. Charles County looking for someone she could get in her car convince them to make a fake 911 call so she could execute the person while they were on the phone with 911. Okay? That is her attempt to take blame off herself. How was it supposed to work, And in a nutshell? Well, she has figured out a way to get the, that scrutiny off of her. She now looks like this victim of someone who's trying to hurt her, and that person, she actually is trying to put it back on the husband, who has now been released from prison, acquitted for the the crime of killing his wife. No, now they're wondering who's killed Betsy Faria, and Gompenberger becomes her fall guy as now this has turned into an elaborate hoax that Russ Faria, her best friend's husband, who's been acquitted, is now trying to come after Pamela Hupp. To Dr. Bethany Marshall, uh, this woman, uh, clearly a serial killer, Pam Hupp, allegedly takes the life of a complete stranger, Louis Gumpenberger, in some crazy attempt to frame the husband for killing his wife, Betsy. How diabolical is her plan to throw police off her trail? Nancy, she has the mentality of a serial killer and more. I mean, if there are three bodies that's uh, in succession with each other, that's serial murder, right? I think, first of all, there's something about killing people that is very delightful for her and gives her a sense of power. I think, secondly, like a serial killer, she trolls for her victims. I mean, you, you ever we cover all the time these serial killers where there's almost one person who got away. The woman who was sitting on the porch 
got in her car and then got back out is the one who got away, right? Because she potentially would have been murdered. Unlike serial killers where the motivation is usually sexual sadism, her motivation was life insurance policy. And in order to get the life insurance policy, she was highly manipulative. Even on those jailhouse phone calls that were recorded, she's trying to manipulate her own husband. What's interesting, though, is she, in some ways, as Ashley Wilcott says, she's crazy like a fox, but in others, she's very stupid, like most criminals. She has lack of cause and effect thinking. She has no insight into how she appears to others. She actually thinks uh, she's kind of low functioning as well as clever and manipulative. You know, um, the suspicious death of Hupp's mother, Shirley, I don't really buy to you, Dr. Michelle Dupree, South Carolina medical examiner, that she fell from her own balcony. What would you expect to find? Well, Nancy, I would expect one thing. Typically, balconies are too tall for you to fall. So I would really want to see that crime scene. I'd want to see how tall she is. I'd want to see where the balcony is. And then, of course, we have to look at the injuries. A fall from three stories, you are going to have massive injuries, massive broken bones. And where she falls and how those bones are both broken are also going to play into this. To you and Emerson WCIV, ABC4 Charleston, Tell me about the death of Pam Hupp's own mother, and why would she kill her own mother? Well, you know, one thing about this crime scene is they, when they sort of reenacted it, and you could see sort of the the, the actual scene after it had happened. So the top railing, just to, just to put it out there, that top railing was still intact. In fact, it looks like somebody, and they actually showed how someone could kick those railings and get the same level of damage to the railings as if what they were saying originally that that she had actually gone through the bottom part of the railings without touching the top railing so you have that inconsistency right there that's so hard for to understand but why did she go after her mom well if she is as ruthless as they allege then she was looking for money, and there was a life insurance policy there as well. Now, did she actually bank out of that life insurance policy? That, I think, is still up for, for a question because I've seen reports that she actually didn't make any that much money off of the life insurance. But we don't know what happened behind those closed doors with her mom. What did her mom know? What did she not know? We also know the St. Louis County Chief Medical Examiner Mary Case changed the manner of death from Pam Hupp's mom from accidental to undetermined. That's a big deal. Hub's mother, Shirley Newman, found dead below the balcony of her senior apartment. Two police investigators and Case's colleague deemed it an accident. But then they take another look after Hub fatally shoots an unknown mentally disabled man in an elaborate plot to divert attention from herself when she was being investigated for that fatal stabbing of her friend. I don't know how she thought that would throw off cops because somebody dies in her home. But to Cloyd Steiger, how do you believe that authorities could figure out that Hupp's mother, Shirley Newman's death, was not an accident? When I see the pictures of that rail, I mean, I think what death investigator would look at that and say, yeah, that could happen. It couldn't, I don't know how much this woman weighed, but it took a lot of force to knock out those lower uh, uh, vertical posts in that rail and to go underneath that and fall three floors. I would have been skeptical just looking at it. And you would think even a patrol officer would go, what? I don't think that's right, because it doesn't look like that could happen. So I'm surprised they, as quickly as they did, called it an accident instead of undetermined from the beginning. I'm glad they're looking at it more, but it just, you know, it just doesn't. Uh, well, I mean, isn't it true uh, this woman had arthritis? It doesn't make sense, Dr. Bethany Marshall. Shirley Newman had arthritis, and I find it very difficult to believe she could just leap over that rail at a senior home and die. Well, first of all, if you have lived that long a life and you're not suicidal, there's no reason you are going to jump off a balcony. Um, that railing is high. Someone had to have picked her up and thrown her over. Apparently, she had Ambien in her system as well. I don't know how that plays in, but I will say I 
I once treated a female patient who was obsessed with the life insurance policy that her mother had gotten. So she came to therapy to implore me to call the mother and give the money to her. She actually sent a letter to the local police department saying, dear, as if it was from her mother saying, I am so sorry, I took a life insurance policy from my husband that was meant for my daughter and I didn't give it to her. So I know it's a little convoluted, but the mindset of this patient was that she stalked the, mo- the mother for the money. So I would imagine Hupp had a long history of stalking all of these people from whom she was trying to procure life insurance policies. I've got something to stop everybody in your tracks. In a videotaped interview before the first trial of her friend, Russell Faria, remember he got framed on his wife's murder? Hupp was discussing the possibility that defense lawyers for Russ would try to blame her. And she told a detective, and I quote, my mom's worth half a million that I get when she dies. This is in a recorded interview. If I really wanted money, there's an easier way than trying to combat somebody that's physically stronger than me. A half a million dollars, including 10 grand life insurance and about $300,000 of other investments plus other assets and emerson there's a motive right there for killing her own mother shirley newman hello and it sure is it absolutely is and when she is starting to think about these life insurance policies this is what she does for a living she is this is her expertise she she's been writing life insurance policies and working for these companies for years and and there's even some evidence that she forged her name on a couple of life insurance policies way back when. So now you're, you've got these allegations that maybe she under, she's, she's a smart lady and she's looking at her mom saying, wait a minute, I'm right. There is more out there. There are more ways for me to. Um, so how was it? And, and how was it that she got Betsy Faria's at life insurance? Shouldn't that have gone to oh. Betsy's family? Well, you know, that's a whole complicated story in itself. Well, she had her sign over her life insurance policy. She gained her trust. She gained her her adoration and said, I will take care of your kids. I will make sure that they get the money they need when they need it. There was a lot of supposedly concern about whether or not Russ would, you know, bring that in. And why did she take an Alfred play on uh Lewis Guppenmeyer's murder? She took an Alfred plea so that she didn't have to put that evidence towards another trial if she ended up getting in trouble for what happened to Betsy. Exactly. So now she's, she's got a little Exactly. Bit. Explain that, Ashley Wilcott. Because Alfred plea specifically cannot be used against you. In an Alfred plea, the defendant is not admitting guilt. Nancy, that's the key. They are not saying that they did it, but rather they're deciding, okay, it's more advantageous for me to enter this plea, to get through this, to deal with it, than to go to trial. But the advantage of an Alfred plea is it cannot be used against a defendant in any other crime. Another question. The plea deal in the Gumpenberger murder takes the death penalty off the table when she took that Alfred plea on Gumpenberger, the mentally ill person. But what about when she's tried for Betsy Faria's murder, and will she face the death penalty? She could. I mean, that's a totally different trial for for, for what we see. I mean, yeah, she might get off for one, but she did not necessarily. But now the evidence is is, is not as strong because because of the Alfred plea, she's been able to get some of her this evidence off of the table. So if it goes back to trial... Um, she certainly is setting. What do you mean? Evidence is off the table. Well, she has. She's uh, admitted guilt without actually having to um, to, to to deal with it. It's not something that can be readmitted into evidence. Okay, hold on just a moment. To Ashley Wilcott on an Alfred plea. When you enter this Alfred plea and you say I'm guilty, what well, actually you take your sentence, but you don't say I'm guilty. The facts in the Alpha case, I believe, can still be brought into evidence. Just your plea cannot. I would agree with you. The facts in that case can be brought into evidence against you in other cases. I completely agree with that, but not the fact that you've entered any kind of agreement or plea or admission, or it's not an admission, but that you've um, entered a plea in that case. We wait as justice unfolds in the brutal murder of Betsy Faria. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend.
from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner.